everybody. Welcome back to the Willow Tree Online Podcast. I am Steven. I'm joined by my beautiful co-host, Christina. Hello, hello. Hello. And today we're talking about my hike to the Grand Canyon. Not hiking to the Grand Canyon. Hiking in the Grand Canyon. <laughs> I hiked the Grand Canyon rim to rim to rim. So I went down in it, came back out the other side, and then came back basically the other way. So this is going to be a recap and just kind of discussion about that about going into the canyon what i learned obviously the physical side but really this was a huge thing for me just to kind of find myself and dig into some really hard emotions and and uh, kind of find myself in an interesting way so yeah yeah so we're going to talk about all of that today was kind of your way out of a really hard season yes this was kind of my yeah my path it's kind of down the the journey reflected Mm -hmm. um the physical journey reflected kind of the emotional journey like down to this dark deep place and then i had to kind of come back out of it and doing that hike was a big way that i did that so we're going to talk about that Um, we'll start with some highlights though we'll do that right now and then we'll kind of circle back like we'll kind of talk about you know, what I learned and that whole process and then how maybe you can apply that to your, wherever you might be right now. We'll kind of explore that. But, and then we got some whimsy and delight at the end. Sound good, everybody? Sounds great. Awesome. Christina's (laughs) kind of treating this as kind of an interview of me. Uh, She planned this one. So she was like, I have an idea for our next podcast. I'm just going to ask you questions. So (laughs) I am going to shut up now and Christina is going to take over. Well, we're going to start with our first segment, which is we always have to start as if you had come over, you're sitting at this table with us tonight. We would ask you, what were three highlights of your day? So we're going to start there. Steven, what were three highlights of your day? Three highlights section. Well, highlight of today, let's see, three highlights. The first was, um, so I'm, you know, I'm working for myself now. And so I was downstairs uh, working and I had this coaching call with someone who does um, freelance coaching. So it kind of helps people get up their freelance businesses. That's a big shift, big change that just happened in our life, um, which is that I am doing my own thing full time right now. So um, that's and maybe another discussion for another time. (laughs) about how we ended up there but um but it was an incredible conversation really enjoyed talking with them they're so generous with their time and their wisdom um so i feel really excited about that so that was really good second highlight was i'm gonna say walking just walking with you guys we do our yeah uh, a daily walk and i got to come and join you guys and it was a beautiful day, and it felt good to be able to have the freedom to come out and do that whenever I wanted. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And then number three was we had waffles for dinner. And waffles are... That was going to be one of mine. Waffles are great. My I dad makes these epic waffles. I don't know if it's like a family secret recipe if we're allowed to share it, but they're so good. So we've taken They're too on, good not to share. We've taken it on, and once or twice a week we make waffles for dinner. Yeah. Okay, well, that was one of mine, honestly. And we got a new waffle maker that the waffles just pop out of, and you don't have to pry them out. You don't, you don't have to spray. You don't. I mean, we so used to have to soak the That thing moment of the waffle just popping oil. out is like, man, this is rewarding. <laughs> so eating so the waffles, um, 
Beckett today learned how to use a fork, and he was so proud of himself that every time he stabbed like a little bean, he would cheer for himself. <laughs> that was a yeah. highlight for me. Um, yeah, he's, so he's still not talking, but he has lots of vocalization going on. And then my other highlight was I got these tulips, and they're like drying in the vase, but they look even cooler now than they did almost when they were like fresh. So watching these tulips like die into something beautiful, is like really <laughs> four of me and really rewarding. That's something if any of you are familiar with uh, Strange Planet, the Strange Planet comics, um, it's this uh, artist online who makes these comics, but they're all, it's like everyday situations, but he draws them as if they're like aliens or beings as he calls them. But they always, they always, whenever he draws like a bouquet of flowers, he says like, these are dying, you know, or like, like, like a bouquet, like catch these dying plants, <laughs> which always makes me laugh. Cause it's true. It's like, here, I got you some dying plants to look at. Well, they're beautiful. They are beautiful. And it's so cool to see how they, yeah, how they change. They really do look epic. All right. Was that it? That was three. Was three Great. That was three. We All did right. it. What are your, take a moment, listener, to, to <laughs> check in. What are your three highlights? Tell us if you want to, not that there's a, or just say it out loud wherever you are. <laughs> I don't know. No, but think about your three highlights mm. and now we can move on. Text your friend. They'll be really confused. Why are you telling me this? <laughs> and then just send them to listen. So like, well, it's this awesome okay, podcast I go. listen to. There you they go. talk about their three highlights. What a natural plug that was. Man, that was such a great All segue. Right, let's move on to our core content before we lose everybody. <laughs> okay, so we are talking about something that a lot of listeners have asked for. Um, a lot of you have said, I want to hear more about Stephen's Hike of the Grand Canyon because... If you know anything about this hike, you know that it was not just about him being like, I want to, you know, see if my body can do this or do this nature hike. There was part of that, but for him, it was actually his way out of a really, really intensely hard mental health season that at the time we obviously didn't share much about because it was very personal. Um, but this was like his path out and so that's why yeah. we want to share that with you guys tonight because we all go through stuff like that and we're that's what being human is and so sometimes when you get to the other side you can look back and you know maybe there's someone two steps behind you that you can say you got this yeah <laughs> you can do this too so we hope this is encouraging and and just yeah, I, I honor Stephen for sharing these things. Yeah, thanks. And the hope here, yeah, is that you can either use it for yourself or, um, you know, that this, that hearing what I went through and the thought process and how I um, sort of moved through it can help other people, maybe you, maybe someone you know, yeah. um, move through their own thing. And you know, this is a really specific thing for me, but I think a lot of the principles and a lot of the... Um, the approach, you know, and kind of the method mm -hmm. will apply to a lot of different people. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's start with where did it begin with this sort of like you realized I am not myself right now. I am a version yeah. of myself that I'm not liking. Where was that? I know like the beginning was, I mean, you know, 
kind of wounds build up over our entire life. But where for you was a really big moment of I'm a little bit at the bottom. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me, you know, like you'd said, some things were building up in me. Um, I was going through a lot of just shifting beliefs and um, and just some hard things that we were going through and deciding to move from our house back to, you know, kind of back to Nashville and moving from this beautiful country place, but it wasn't working. There was just a lot happening. And that was all in prep for baby for Beckett Mm -hmm. to to be here and when Beckett was born I think I've shared this in previous episodes but that was all for um, the membership so this might be the first time public listeners are hearing this but you know I had a I had a big crash after Beckett was born Mm -hmm. and it caught both of us by surprise Um, it really caught me by surprise I have been a very um, a very gentle husband I've been a very caring and supportive husband I I have a large capacity to care Mm. and and I have done that a lot in our marriage we've had a lot of chronic illness we've had a lot of pain we've had a lot a lot a lot of hard stuff and so for me I was like yeah I've done hard before I'll be fine it's a baby we've and and some parents might be rolling their heads like oh nothing prepares you for a baby (laughs) But like we all, Christina and I also used to care for kids and babies with pretty significant delays or special mm-hmm. needs. Um, one of them had like a feeding tube and like all this stuff. So like we, so like I, I was I this was not my first diaper that I've changed. We'll say that. Like I have had all kinds of stuff happen. I've cared for kids before. So anyway, I just my expectations were not that I was going to have a big mental crash. And a big, um, or that even that was possible. Crash. We weren't even yeah. familiar with the term paternal postpartum depression. I didn't yeah. know that was a thing. It had it's been not floated really around. About. You know, it's ta- it's talked about for maternity, yeah. like for you know um, maternal postpartum depression. And I heard it mentioned about you know dads and stuff, but it just it didn't. I don't know. It hadn't felt really real. And um, there were a couple reasons I think that it happened. Um, I found out later from working with a naturopath that I was in some pretty significant adrenal burnout as well. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times those kind of coexist. Your your body and mind are connected. Mm-hmm. Your emotional state reflects your physical state. So um, I think there were maybe some physical components there as well. But um, but yeah, I and the, the birth was really, really intense, really hard. Um, and so through, and I just kept, I just kept pushing. I think that was kind of the biggest thing. I kept pushing, I kept pushing. So baby is here, Beckett's come, he's, he's arrived. And I think the biggest thing, I mean, those first two weeks are just a blur. Mm-hmm. You know, we're living three hours at a time. Yeah. And we were, we were on a really intense feed feeding schedule and pumping schedule to try to get him eating, you know, what he, what he needed, quote unquote. Um, but really after that, after the dust kind of settled was when I realized I wasn't coming out of this funk that I was in. Um, and the biggest thing I'd say that I felt was, um, I did not feel any positive emotion really at all. Um, I was only ever irritated or, or flat out angry. Angry. Um, 
and and numb. That was a word you used a lot. And numb. It was. I felt very. Um, I've heard hear people talk about like feeling dissociated, mm-hmm. and I know what that feels like now. I'd never really known that, but it, it's this experience where it felt like I was watching my body. I was watching my body live my life, but like I was on the inside going, wow, I can't believe I'm holding a conversation. It was like there were two distinct me's, the one that was doing the day, doing life and engaging with other people. And then there was the me observing it all going, what's happening? Who am I? I feel stuck in here. Mm-hmm. And why don't I feel happiness? Why don't I feel anything positive? Um, why don't I feel love? Like I felt no love for my newborn son and for my wife and for my dog, <laughs> for anybody. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was very intense. Um, and I think that was the, that was the, the moment of realizing like, and, and I was aware of that. I think, you know, I had this really intense experience of like, I just don't care. I do not care about anything or anybody right now. And I knew that that was really weird and Mm -hmm. really wrong. Mm -hmm. So there was this part of me, it was like the real me was in the back shouting like, this is not normal. This is not okay. (laughs) You are not okay. You know, and, but I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to, how to get out of it. I was like, I, I just need to keep going, I guess. I don't know. And it kept going for weeks, you know, and weeks and months. months. And I think the, um, yeah, the, the first step even remotely out of it was around my birthday, which is in March. Um, Christina set up a few FaceTimes and lunches. And there was one lunch in particular with a friend of mine who um, I, I was able to be just the most honest I've maybe ever been with anybody, you know, over that lunch and he was so affirming and validating he was like dude i know exactly how you feel like i have gone through this as well there was a bunch of stuff and so to have that affirmation from another guy who i really respect and admire and who's gone through it like that was a a turning point for me to start um feeling like i could like, okay, I need to do something about it. I wasn't out of it by any stretch mm-hmm. of the imagination, but it, it kind of was the kick to get me back going again. So, yeah, okay. I'd say that was when <laughs> when I noticed it all. It was hard on our marriage, if you can't read between the lines. <laughs> it, it was hard. It was hard. <laughs> that could be a... We won't talk about... <laughs> my experience in that but yeah well and i think if that's, you are a wife who's gone through that experience with your husband that's something that i'm familiar with and well i think that's something if you're willing i think we'll talk about that you know in in future in yeah. a future episode at some point just to talk through that because i think that your your thought process your experience and like yeah. how you handled it was um really incredible and um and i think really valuable thank you yeah it's like survival mode you just kind of keep going sometimes right yeah and that's where compassion and empathy becomes a muscle that you work like heck to build yeah and that's how you kind of navigate right yeah but i want this to be about your journey yes so we're gonna keep on it so keep it on me 
what so that was you had this conversation with your friend where in the world did the grand canyon come in because the steven that i was married to in that season was like he's not really getting out of his sweats every day <laughs> he doesn't really want to do anything he had like stopped exercising Let he has no go, willpower Just a little bit yeah so why in the world would you be like rim to rim to rim yeah uh, it's a great great question so yeah, I was in probably the worst physical shape I've been in. Um, I weighed the most I've ever weighed. Um, coming out of um, really not treating my body well through um, a lot of like overeating and like sugar, um, sugar addict type behavior. That's another conversation. Um, but yeah, and so I was just not in a good spot. But I have done big physical things before in the past. I've done two half marathons. I've done, um, you know, I've, I've done hikes. I used to camp and hike and all that stuff uh, kind of as a kid. And, um, and so I, I was in this process anyway, or this place of like reconnecting to like, what do I think about life? Like, who am, who am I? What makes me me? What do I think about things? Um, that was a big, that was l much longer than this kind of breakdown that was happening over the last year or two. Um, but this really heightened it, mm -hmm. I think. And so big part of my childhood was, yeah, was going hiking, going camping, being outdoors. And, um, and so I, I read this book like in March, April called The Comfort Crisis by a guy named Michael Easter. And he talks about, um, he talks about this big 33 day backcountry Antarctic, uh, excursion that he did this like backcountry mm -hmm. hunting thing that he did. Um, and he, throughout the book, it's just talking about human thriving, human health and how, um, the discomfort or the, the comfort that we have in our lives is actually working against us. Like human beings are actually made to thrive in discomfort. That's a lot healthier for us. But all of these, he hit, he's just hitting all these beats that we have found to be true over the years as well. Things about breathing, things about eating, things about discomfort. And all of this stuff was just really resonating with me. And, and I knew I was in this stuck place. So I was, I was looking for things like, what, what can I do to get out of this thing? Mm -hmm. And that, like, that trip really spoke to me. Mm. Like this, him being out in solitude, away from everything, um, and putting himself in that situation of like almost shocking your system, <laughs> you know, where you're in so much discomfort that your body, your brain literally like resets its calibration of like oh that's that's real discomfort versus what i thought was discomfort was like i didn't get a great night's sleep whereas like real discomfort mm -hmm. is it's really cold and i haven't taken a shower in four days and whatever mm -hmm. i'm hungry and all that stuff so that was all really appealing to me and in the book he describes um this uh, something called a misogi which is a basically in, an intentional, like go out and do a big physical activity that you might not succeed at. Mm -hmm. It needs to scare you. You should have a 50-50% or a 50-50 chance of finishing it even, you know? That's rule one. Make it hard. Rule two is don't die. And really, which is just like, don't, don't be dumb. Like, yeah. you know, be smart. But, um, but I was like, that, that feels like what I need. Like I need to do, I need something to shoot for, yeah. you know, 
because I'm just in this place of, of, I, I don't feel like I'm moving anywhere. Don't feel like I'm progressing anywhere. I think like a good, I just keep thinking about like this visual while you're talking, but like from, from what I was observing in that season was it was like you had, if your life and you was a piece of paper, it's like you had erased everything from it like for better or worse but it was like what was left was just this blank numb lifeless colorless paper that I was (laughs) observing you know and I told you so many times in that season this isn't who you are this isn't who you are and you would even say things like maybe it is who I am Christina like Mm -hmm. you know and I no it's Mm -hmm. not who you are and I continue to believe that, but it's like you have this blank piece of paper. So then though, the beautiful thing was that it was this opportunity. It was like that day when you said, I'm going to be vulnerable with this friend and share this. It's like you took a paintbrush and you put a stroke on the paper Mm. and then you were like, I'm going to hike the Canyon. And that was another stroke of color on the paper. And it's like, that was my observation of this really gradual one tiny baby step at a time coming back to life. And I think that's part of what the takeaway from this episode too, is like it, it was this tiny gradual. It wasn't like I joined this thing and life changed. It was like, no, I decided to get in the car and meet this guy for Thai food mm-hmm. and be honest. And yeah. that didn't change the story. But then I told my wife I was going to hike the Grand Canyon. That didn't change the story. Then I put on a rucksack one day that didn't, you know, and it's yep. just these little things. So anyways, I just, that visual is like stucking and sticking in my head. Yeah. Um, it feels, it feels really true. Yeah. And, yeah. and in a lot of ways, yeah, I was like erasing, looking at past pages going, yeah, I, I don't agree with this part of me anymore. Yeah. You know? And even the ones that you did agree with, you just erased everything because like all of a sudden you're like, I don't know if I love my wife. I don't know if I want to yeah, be, and that in, was, you know, there's just like so many yeah, things. And that was like, the not true part of totally. me, you know, talking, but nonetheless, but. it was this blank paper that you were yeah. like, I don't know. Do I want to be a part of a family? Do like you were in <laughs> this true. really cold place. Questioning everything. Yeah. Cause nothing felt like it was like all light had gone, you know? And I was like, well, is this all wrong then? Like is every, is my entire life wrong? And even like through that season, I will say too that like the lights didn't ever go out. And that's something like if you, I don't know, like walking with you throughout season, like, I mean, if you were a part of our subscription, the Willow Tree Online, we still were recording through that season. Like he still had like love and kindness and gentleness and wisdom and authenticity in him but it was like he just felt like he was trekking through mud in in those days you know yeah okay so what did it look like then to start showing up to train every day well yeah well to finish out kind of that the grand canyon piece like where that came about was i read that book i kind of decided like i need a big physical challenge but i was like what is that gonna be i don't like running I, I, I don't like physical challenges. I, I don't like this. Um, but I, I, I knew I didn't want to do, I knew I didn't want to run. I knew I didn't want to do like a triathlon, like all of that stuff. It's like, I don't know. Just wasn't inspiring. And that really matters for mm-hmm. something like this. And then I listened to, uh, I listened to a book on our way. Cause we were in April, we were driving to Phoenix to see our family Listen to a book um, by an author named Donald Miller. 
You might know him from Blue Like Jazz. Uh, he had a new book come out called A Hero on a Mission, and mm. it's talking about using story, the elements of story, to craft a life of meaning. And um, and it's not a new concept even from him, for me. I've heard him talk about this before. Something about the book and the message and the timing, it like all kind of clicked. Mm. And he talked about the hero energy. The hero is the one who is weak, doesn't have everything that they need, but they are willing to go out and try anyway. Mm. And it was like, uh, he said this line, I can't remember if it was from this book or a different one. Like I just remembered it while I was listening to this other book. But it was this idea that um, if you want transformation, don't focus on the transformation that you want. Enter into a story that requires that transformation. So there's Oakley in the background, if you can hear that. Um, so that that really stuck out to me because it was like, okay, I can't just focus on like, I need to become awake again, you know, and alive again and strong again. It was like, what is the story I need to enter into to bring the transformation that I want? And, um, and he used an example of like riding his bike across the country to raise money, you know, and that like, obviously you have to get into shape if you want to be able to physically complete that. So that was when it was like, okay, I want it to be something big. I want to, um, I thought about the bat, like this backpacking kind of the isolated that really appealed to me. Um, it appealed to the nature part of me. I, uh, nature has been my sanctuary for a while now. Um, and so I was like, okay, I think I want to do a backpacking trip. That feels right. It combines all these things. And I was like, well, what do I want to hike? I don't know anything about hiking anything. What should I do? And like what, I don't want to just pick some arbitrary, like go hike Mount Everest. Like I don't care. So I want it to be something that matters to me. And then I thought, well, we're going to be coming back to Phoenix. I just thought about our trips that we had for that year. I was like, well, we're going to be coming back to Phoenix in December. What's in Arizona? <gasps> the Grand Canyon's in Arizona. Ooh. And I got that feeling of like, I could hike the Grand Canyon. <laughs> that is epic. That feels amazing. And in looking it up, though, at that time of year, there's only two options. You can either go down and then back out, um, or because the North Rim is closed for the winter. So it's so too you, cold. It's too cold. So you, you can't just like hike across. That felt like the appropriate thing, like going down, hiking all the way across, and then hiking back out. That felt like a big enough challenge. But that's not an option. It was either go down and out, which was like, I feel like I could do that right now. So that's not too a big enough challenge. And then the, I, she's shaking her head like you couldn't have done it. I know I couldn't have done it well, but I think I could have like, you know, even crawled out or something. I could have made it. But like, but then the other option is to do the rim to rim and then all the way back again. <laughs> so the rim to rim to rim. And I feel like that is insane. That feels too big. And then there was this little voice in me that said, no, <laughs> that's, that's it. I think that's the right one. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. So then how, so then you have to start training. So start training. what did it look to show up every day in that season? Like, where did you find the willpower when you felt like you didn't even have willpower to take a shower some days? Like, yeah. where did that come from? 
Yeah, it's a great question. Um, it came from, uh, I think, a couple places. One was um, I texted a buddy of mine to see if he was crazy mm. enough to do it with me. Um, and he said yes right away. Like, like very quickly responded, like, yes, I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't even care when. <laughs> like, let's go. Um, and so knowing that I had somebody else in it with me um, and there was a date it was like, this is happening at mm. this time and I'm doing it with this guy. Um, and the stakes felt really high. I've, I've used this imagery before, but it felt like I was on, I'm on this sinking ship that is me. You know, <laughs> I am, I, I am my own, I am my own sinking ship. ship. I'm standing like it's a, I'm about to go down. Like I'm on the, the last little piece that's above water. And here comes this helicopter with a rope down. And it was like, I've got to grab onto this and I have to pull myself out. I have to do this or I'm going down with the ship. Like it, it felt like my last lifeline to get out of there, um, to get out of the situation that I was in. So there was this hovering like, I have to complete this because I think if, if I don't, I think everything's going to go south. I think everything's going to fall apart. I don't know what the future holds if I don't complete this. Very, very much like self-preservation instinct mm -hmm. kicking in. So, um, so yeah, so it, it was that. And then I think, yeah, just, and also just the excitement of it. It was really cool. You know, it's like, yeah, this is super exciting. This feels, I, the, the feeling was there. The energy, the spark was there. So it was like, I've got to keep chasing this thing. So, um, yeah, so that was, and, and it was just a daily training program i started very yeah. small i started with uh eight pounds in a backpack yeah. walking around the neighborhood jansport you know. backpack yep, yep. eight pound weight <laughs> so okay um so during that training was there any time maybe there wasn't but was there any time in that training that was kind of a pivotal moment from you for you like did you feel yourself coming back to life or was there like a moment or something where where you felt like there was a shift in your mental health or was it kind of like just one foot after another believing that this was going to be? Yeah, beneficial? I think it was very heads down. I, I wouldn't say that I felt a there wasn't like a specific moment. Mm -hmm. um, it was just I know I have to do this. OK, do the training again, do the training again, do a hike, do another hike do another hike. I knew I had to go so gradual. Yeah. Um, so like, again, I started with eight pounds in a backpack, walking around the neighborhood, then went to 10, then 12, then 15, then 20, and then 25 and then 30. And, and, you know, and then as I got closer, then I started doing like an actual like training program, mm -hmm. but it started out with just walking with weight on, you know? And, um, yeah, I, th I think the, there's two things that I can remember, though. I remember suddenly realizing that I was waking up with a lot more energy. Hmm. I was waking up so much easier. Um, and that I remember feeling, it's like, oh, this is really nice. I can, like, wake up and I'm not, I just, <laughs> I feel like I can actually start my day. Hmm. And then I think the other moment was pretty late into the training, um, doing this specific move that was, uh, very, very, very hard um, doing it's to work your legs and your 
conditioning and all this stuff and i'd never been able to make it through a full series it's like mm. this whole series of like squats and jumping lunges and all this craziness and then one workout i did i made it through and i went oh my god yeah i am i can't believe that that felt impossible when i started and I can't believe I just did that. And actually, a smaller version of that earlier, I was doing a lot of sandbag training. So that, that was the part of this. But I started with um, a 40-pound sandbag because I could, I could barely do the moves with it. And there's this one move in particular. It's called a get-up where you – it's very straightforward. You throw the sandbag on your shoulder. You lay down. And then you get up any way that you can while carrying the sand – like lifting the sandbag up. And I could hardly do it with 40 pounds. And I was like, this is insane. There's no way. And then, and I tried to do it with 60. I started with 60 pounds because that's what they say for guys to do. And I, it was, I was like, I, this is impossible for me. So started with 40, did it. And then after doing that plan a couple times, bumped up to 60. And the feeling that I had being able to do it with 60 pounds the first time mm -hmm felt knowing that I had knowing what it felt like to not be able to do it. And then to be able to come back around in like a month or two and be able to do it felt amazing. So those, those are kind of the moments yeah. I remember. So it's like, would you say that as your physical body progressed, it's like, would you, did you feel like your mental health was progressing to like, mm -hmm. do you remember starting to feel like I care a little bit more? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. I started to care a little bit more. I, I could in days that I missed, I really could feel that I wasn't myself. I wasn't good. So it became it became less about like, well, you have to do this to hit the to hit, you know, to d accomplish your goal. Yeah. It became no, I have to, like I have to do this to stay afloat. Mm. Like I have to do this workout or I'm that this is self-care for me and self-care is not optional for me right now. I think the first time I saw, and I think you've said this too, that you kind of came back online in terms of like Beckett especially and like this is my son and I actually mm. feel so much intense love for him. When was that moment? He was like two months old. Remember when you were holding him on the couch and you just started weeping? Mm. Oh, he fell asleep on me. Yeah, and you were like... Was he two months old or was he older? I don't know. Maybe he was older. I thought he was a little older. There was definitely... Yeah there was definitely like those sparks in that in mm -hmm. those months where it was like whoa there's a big flash of who steven is yeah, yeah. genuinely authentically i i love the feeling of i always have like i love hugs i'm a physical tactile person but like beckett fell asleep on me for the first time and that was a really big deal that was that yeah. moment yeah but you like felt something in a way that you hadn't before yeah and like yeah, yeah. this isn't to say that like steven didn't love beckett from the start right we're not yeah yeah, yeah. well <laughs> but no like i i i think it's important to paint the real picture like yeah. i still showed up i was yeah. still a dad yeah. i still did all of the things Absolutely. and love is often not a feeling yeah. right love is showing up it was disorienting and but but it, it was very disorienting to yeah. to not feel love there was yeah. no feeling of love at all and I think it's important to note too in this process, because I think this is probably a lot of people's process, is it it didn't it wasn't like now 
it was so gradual that we couldn't even tell it was happening. That's how I feel. Like if you were to ask me, like, you know, by the by the time Stephen was like ready to leave the next day to hike the canyon, did you feel like you had your husband back? I'd say no. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't. I mean, I didn't necessarily feel like, oh my goodness, this is working. Let's keep going. Look at this. Like mm-hmm. he's Stephen carrying again. He's looking at me the way he he used to. He's mm-hmm. he's doing all these things. I can feel his genuine love for me. Like I didn't feel that. For me, it was just like, huh, he's I working think, out again. I think there was a big da- yeah. There's a huge doubt of like, is this for real? Is this actually going to happen? Are you actually going to do this? And I think for both of us, and for me too, it was this. I think that was a big part of it too. It's like I have to finish this to prove to myself that I can that yeah. I can do something. It's just I just think it's important to to note that like sometimes our healing mentally and physically it's so gradual that you can't even see it happening. Yeah. Like I would say until Stephen honestly was like back from the canyon that I thought, "Oh my goodness." there's my Steven and I missed him so much in all those months like and I would tell people you know who I was like really close to you know who knew Steven was struggling I would just say I just miss my Steven like he's here but he's not and if I could if if Steven was here I would be able to talk with him and he would console me and this isn't that version of him and I just missed that version of you so much so it was weird I was like I knew you were with me, but you weren't with me. Yeah. And I didn't actually feel the like, there you are mm-hmm. until you came back from that. And even now I feel like every day mm-hmm. it's bigger and mm-hmm. brighter. And I'm like, there you are. Like looking at me, the way you used to look at me mm-hmm. or saying the things you used to say, or just like, I can genuinely feel your love. And like, it's not like you're just trying to crawl your way out, fake it yeah. till you make it kind of thing. Yeah. But like, Every day, I feel like it's still like bigger and brighter and bolder. And so I just think that's an important thing for all of us to remember that like if you're going through healing mentally or physically, sometimes it's so gradual. And this is how it was with my physical journey. You don't even feel like it's happening and you can't even see it happening. And you just go, this is. This is a load of baloney. It almost feels like... You know, but you just keep going anyways. Yeah, it feels like it's not happening at all. And then all at once, it's happened, you know. And that's another... I forget what book this was, but kind of describing that it's like it's like rowing from shore like you're you're pushing off from shore the land behind you as you're rowing mm-hmm. across open water it disappears really quickly you know yeah. but then but then you're just out in it like you're rowing you think you're moving but you can't tell you're in open water and it just feels like you're out there forever and you're not moving and nothing's happening and but yeah. then all of a sudden quickly you know the where you've been trying to get to comes into view and you and you land again it happens kind of quick um i found that to be true yeah oh and how glorious it is when you're like oh my goodness it happened he's Mm -hmm. here it's Mm -hmm. here i can feel again i'm not numb yeah like yeah it's crazy yeah okay so i'm thinking because we're deep into this. I'm thinking we're going to do a part two to this podcast or we're going to be talking forever because okay. the next couple questions I have are really juicy. <laughs> okay. And I think that we should, this was a lot of like really good 
yeah. conversation. So next episode, we are going to talk a little bit about like, what was the actual hike like yep. for someone who started out not being able to lift a loaf of bread? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Ouch. He's I like, could, oh no, I could definitely. I could definitely do that because I was eating the um, loaf of bread. <laughs> no, but kind of a little bit about what the hike was. And then like, w- there was a moment in that hike for Steven that was like, you broke down in yep. tears and yep. we're going to hear about that and then we're going to hear about what did he shed through that hike experience what part of himself and then what did he gain so we're going to answer yeah. those few questions in the next episode stay tuned but let's wrap it up here with um just with what we talked about today we always like to bring it to health heart and home that's the beat of this um, the Willow Tree Online, how can we grow in greater wholeness in our health, in our heart, and in our home? So we're not going to apply those to all things specifically, um, but just kind of making it applicable, hopefully, to our audience. Um, some of the questions that if you want to journal about or kind of mull over are, is there a challenge that you need to or want to face that feels impossible right now? Is there something that you're going through that you're just like, I don't know how I will get to the other side of this. So what is that thing? If it's emotional, if it's physical, if it's an addiction, um, if it's a health struggle. And then what is one small thing you can do today to climb towards it? Is it scheduling the next appointment, telling a friend? What's that one first tiny step? And then the last question, which is really important, is what are you going to gain if you conquer that thing? Because once you know that, once you know, like, I will be able to feel love again for my child. I won't miss out on my child's childhood. Yeah. I won't miss out on years with my wife, whatever the thing is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Write that down. Like what, what do I have to gain if I actually get to the other side of this? Um, and that is your driving force. Like yeah. that's the thing yeah, the that's going to that- keep you taking those tiny steps is remembering, what, why am I doing this? What do I really want more than this thing that's really hard to conquer? Yeah. The thing that makes a good story are the stakes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't care about a movie or a story if there are no stakes. Um, and that's something we can use for ourselves, you know, because there are things at stake, you know? So like in this case, yeah, it's like what, what's at stake if, if, uh, if you continue on the way that you're continuing you know and it's not always in your control too i could see this question being discouraging for someone who like if you would have asked me that you know eight years ago i'm like Mm -hmm. well i don't know i want to get better and my life is at stake yeah yeah but i could still answer the question what's the next best thing i could do and i'd be like dang it i do need to get to that doctor or i do need to get financial support for this like whatever or or get out of bed to go on a walk yeah because for steven he didn't for him it 
it felt, even though maybe as an outsider, you could look at it and say, well, that was in his control. It felt like it wasn't like he felt like it wasn't fully in his control. I I would say I truly understand on a different level now. And I've talked to some folks who've gone through depression and and some really intense emotional things like that. This, from my experience, this happened to me. I did not have control over this. Um, I could have prepared better for it I think um for like birth you don't know for birth and yeah I didn't know what I didn't know and and I know better next time I know some things some really practical things I can do to keep myself from crashing again and and maybe um yeah and just and prepare better but like in this case like I I it, it happened to me yeah you know, and so I had to fight to figure out how to get out of it, you know, so. So there's your three questions. And also maybe, maybe you don't have like a huge thing, like a mental or physical or whatever feat. Maybe it's a small thing. Like your something you want to face is you want to be more peaceful around finances or something, you know, something like that. And then it's like, okay, well, what's one small thing you can do tomorrow to cultivate that? Yeah. And then what are you going to gain if you have more peace in whatever area? What's that going to free up in your mind? So that can go a million ways. All right. That is how we're going to apply this. And we're going to close up with our final random segment. Just kind of and delight. Yeah. Lightening it up a little. Um, so we have two questions. Steven, what have you been enjoying lately? What has been bringing you whimsy and delight? This could be like a product recommendation or just a really random thing. Yeah, I would say the the thing lately uh, that I've really been enjoying is uh, our neighbor cr- uh, makes kombucha. He makes homemade kombucha. Shout out to Ben. Ben. Uh, you're listening. It is. Bring us more booch, Ben. It's just. <laughs> more booch, please. It's just so good. so good. It's so good. It's so fresh. It tastes amazing. The flavor is always really good. And it's just been like a highlight <laughs> of uh, of the last couple weeks because he gave us a bottle for my birthday. So I love that. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's so good. So that that's been that's been my highlight. Okay, yeah. my highlight is that I bought this candle <laughs> from Target. And I always look for candles that are like soy wax and made with with essential oils and not like artificial fragrances, you know, whatever. Anyways, I found one at Target. I'm sure it has some artificial stuff in it, but still, it was like good enough for me. And it smells so good. And it's down in the basement, which is like our little guest space slash Christina's safe slash space. Slash staycation getaway. Yeah, like when I we go need down there solitude. every night for a little bit of solitude. And this candle, I don't even have it lit. And it just smells so good. And every time I go down there, I'm like, it really oh, does. Man, I, just, I it even smells smelled it. the whole place. I smelled it today. My yeah. sense of smell is terrible, but so I smelled it. If you want to know what it was, it was sandalwood, white cedar, and amber from the Threshold and Studio McGee line. So if you need that smell, you go get that candle. 
Um, my second whimsy and delight that I've been really enjoying lately is someone asked me to help them design their space, one of their spaces. It's like this little fun design project that I took on. In another life, I'll go back to design school. No, but no, no, this life. In this life, I might go to design school one day. But anyways, someone is trusting you me. You almost don't need to, though. Sorry someone's to Someone's trusting that. <laughs> me enough to hire me to like design one of their spaces, and it's so much fun. Yeah. I'm really loving that. You're so good at it. That's what I was saying. You, I mean, if you, like, more power to you. Go to design school, but also you're so what good at school? it. school? Okay. The school of life. Okay. Steven, last whimsy and delight. What's the best thing you've eaten lately? Best thing I've eaten lately? <sighs> oh, the booch. I think, gosh, I might have to double dip and like say the say the booch again. Actually, no. I will say it was um, Woodford Reserve, uh, some Woodford Reserve whiskey that I had with uh, oh. the our priest, <laughs> which is great to say. That sentence just lost some followers. Now we know Stephen drinks no, he's whiskey. A, he's with a certified our bourbon steward, which is the coolest title anybody can have. And so I went over just to talk with him and he he uh let me try some some really really great whiskey so. grandma if you're listening we promise he's responsible i drink responsibly just kidding grandma's probably drinking whiskey too okay <laughs> all right the best thing i've eaten lately is this thai soup from this restaurant called dig thai in nashville and it's this incredible like noodle creamy coconut soup and it comes with all these roasted vegetables and you combine the roasted vegetables with the broth and then we paired it with homemade irish soda bread which was just the chef's kiss <laughs> so that meal to me was like just amazing so good yeah so so good all right so signing off signing off uh, next time, we're going to do part, part two. two, the actual canyon. Did I survive? Did I have any injuries? Did inju I survive? <laughs> did I have any injuries? Would I do it again? Yes. I'm actually planning another one. Why did he break down? Yes. And why did I break down? What brought the single tear to my eye? <laughs> no. What 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 brought uh, heaving, gasping sobs uh, to, to Stephen? <laughs> Um, no, and like actual breakthrough, you know, yeah. like what, what was, um, what was the transformational experience that was the Grand Canyon? Um, all right. So we'll see you next time under the willow tree. Bye. Bye. Welcome, my dear, to the endless summer. Welcome, my dear, to eternity.